Thank you and welcome to Scripture on Creation. I'm Scott Kump. And I'm Dr. Ben Scripture. Dr. Scripture, we're studying the Genesis account of the flood. In our last program, we read to the end of chapter 6, but before we get into chapter 7, I have a question that I know a lot of people ask concerning the time it took to build the ark. Okay, well, Scott, if you're asking if the text tells us how long Noah spent building the ark, the answer is no. But I think we can figure out a few details that will at least let us come up with a ballpark figure. Now, it's interesting that you say the text doesn't give a figure because in Genesis 6-3, it says, Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever because he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. It seems like that indicates God was going to wait 120 years and then destroy mankind. So then, if he told Noah, he would have had 120 years to build the ark. And a lot of people think that, Scott. Now, I'm not suggesting it's a big deal, right or wrong. But there's nothing there in verse 3 to indicate God said that to Noah. In fact, the passage presents the statements God makes as though they are his own private thoughts. Even in verse 7, it says, And the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to birds of the sky, for I am sorry that I have made them. Now, this is not presented as though the Lord is speaking to anyone. But then, given the intentions God had to destroy the earth, Noah enters the picture. And verse 8 says, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Then the narrative continues, describing the conditions on the earth and God's intentions. And then we read in verse 13, Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark. And God goes on to give Noah instructions for building it. Then we read in verse 18, But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. The sense I get from this passage is, when the Lord tells Noah what he's going to do and to build the ark and how to build the ark, Noah not only has already had three sons, they are all three married. Well, it's a good thing Noah was definitely going to need help building what essentially was a very large three-story building. <laughs> Indeed. I think he would have needed more than what just his three sons could have provided. But that aside, when we then take one other detail about time intervals into account, we can figure out that at least when God spoke to Noah, as recorded in verse 18, it had to be several decades less than 12, that is, 120 years, before the Lord would cause the flood. Okay, what detail is that? Scott, I know you always love it when we have math problems. Oh, no. <laughs> no don't worry. Read Genesis 5.32. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now, there is no indication anywhere in the Bible that Shem, Ham, and Japheth were triplets. We should understand that Noah's age of 500 is his approximate age when he had those three sons. And then, Scott, do you remember how old Noah was when the flood came? Yes, he was 600 years old. Right. In fact, we know exactly how old he was. Genesis 7:11 says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, 
On the same day, all the fountains of the great deep burst open, and the floodgates of the sky were opened. He was 600 years, two months, and 17 days old. Excellent. So if we do the math, Noah had his three sons when he was around 500 years old. The flood came when he was 600 years old. So his sons would have been no more than 100 years old, give or take a couple of years. And that reasoning is even confirmed in the genealogy recorded in Genesis chapter 11. Read Genesis 11.10. These are the records of the generations of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and became the father of Arpachshad two years after the flood. Okay, so Shem was 98 when the flood came. That fits with the sons being approximately 100 years old at the time of the flood. Yes, and so finally then, remember, when the Lord spoke to Noah about building the ark, he told Noah to take his sons, his wife, and his sons' wives on the ark too. That's right. So by that time, his sons were all married. Now, we don't know how old they were when they got married, but it doesn't seem like people were getting married when they were 20 or 22 back in those days. So for sake of argument, let's say they were around 40 years old when they got married. If the flood is coming when they're 100 and they're already at a minimum 40 years old, that means they have about 60 years to build the ark. Or perhaps we should look at it this way. It took them 60 years to build the ark, and upon its being ready, God then sent the flood, as Genesis 7:11 records it. Well, Dr. Scripture, that all makes pretty good sense to me, even with math being involved. <laughs> it does appear that Noah did not take 120 years to build the ark. Mm-hmm. It probably was more like half that or even less. But that leaves the question, what was God referring to in Genesis 6-3 when he says, the days of man shall be 120 years? That is a good question. And I do have an idea of what it could likely mean. One simple answer would be God is just saying to himself, he's going to send the flood in 120 years. However, I think there's something much more significant about those 120 years than just that's how long God would wait to judge the earth. When he says he will not strive with man forever, remember, people were living on average over 900 years. I suggest the Lord is using hyperbole when he says forever, and what he's referring to is he's not going to allow the extremely long lifespans to continue. In fact, his intent is to limit the human lifespan to about 120 years. And I believe we see the evidence of that as we read the lifespans of the descendants of Noah in the genealogy of Genesis chapter 11. In the genealogy of Genesis chapter 5, we see almost all the descendants of Adam and Eve living to be 900 or older, with a couple of exceptions. But the key factor is, there is no downward trend in the lifespan from Adam to Noah. But in Genesis chapter 11, we see a pronounced trend of people living shorter and shorter lives after the flood. Noah lived to be 950, but his own son Shem only lived to be 600 years old. Now, now that, seems, yeah, that seems crazy, <laughs> only 600 years old. But that is significantly less than his father. And by the time we reach Peleg, who most likely lived at the time of the Tower of Babel, he only lived to be 239. And by the time we get to Jacob's son, Joseph, well, he died at 110, probably from eating all that rich Egyptian food. Yeah. But anyway, now that's old in our day and age. But compared to his ancestors, Joseph died very young. 
And you're suggesting that it was God's intention to reduce the individual lifespan of the human race, and he did so as a result of the flood. That is exactly what I propose, Scott. And there is both biblical and scientific data that at least confirm the phenomena that approximately 120 years is the limit to the human lifespan, even though with all our medical advancements, the average age is increasing. Well, the scientific data showing a limit to the human lifespan of 120 years would sure make an interesting program, Dr. Scripture. Hmm. But I have a feeling we don't have time for that today. So how about the biblical evidence for a 120-year limit to the human lifespan? Where is that found? Another good question, Scott. Let's see what ages are recorded for several individuals in the Old Testament. And I must admit, I will be making some assumptions here. Now, I had mentioned Joseph died at 110. Which I've been told the Egyptians considered to be an ideal age. Oh, I never heard that before. Well, some of his brothers actually lived longer than that. In fact, all the way up to Amram, Moses' father, who lived to be 137 years old, there are a few lifespans that exceed 120. But from Moses on, there are none recorded anywhere. Except for one. Oh. And I think, as is often the case, the exception demonstrates the rule. It's interesting that the Lord took Moses' life at 120 years. But in Deuteronomy 34, 7, it says, Although Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eye was not dim, nor his vigor abated. And then in Joshua 24, 29, we're told that Joshua died at 110 years old. And I've only found one other person recorded in Scripture that lived after Moses who lived over 120 years. The exception. And I think I know who it was. Well, tell us, Scott. It was Jehoiada, a priest who saved and mentored Joash who became king, and he initiated a revival in Judah. That's right. Jehoiada, the chief priest of Israel, saved the son of Ahaziah, Joash, who was the eighth generation after King David. It was actually Jehoiada's wife who rescued Joash, and Jehoiada then protected him and, as you said, Scott, mentored him. And under his leadership, Joash was just a seven-year-old boy at the time, there was a restoration of the temple and worship of the Lord in Judah. And the Lord blessed Jehoiada in this unusual way. I submit the Lord allowed him to live beyond the normal limit the Lord had set. And the Lord moved the people to honor Jehoiada as they would a righteous king. Scott, read what it says about Jehoiada in 2 Chronicles 24, 15. Now, when Jehoiada reached a ripe old age, he died. He was 130 years old at his death. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings, Hmm. because he had done well in Israel and to God and his house. Jehoiada was a very interesting and influential person in Judah. In the days of the kings, when so many were so wicked, he was high priest and essentially filled the role of king for many years. You know, he was a type of Christ in many ways. Well, I agree. Well, Dr. Scripture, you were planning on getting into Genesis chapter 7 today, but my question about how long it took to build the ark and then the meaning of the 120 years mentioned in Genesis 6-3 has pretty much used up all our time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I derailed you again. That's okay. <laughs> so what do you want to do at this point? Well, Scott, I think it's fitting to consider the last verse of Genesis chapter 6 and the first verse of Genesis chapter 7. In them, I think we find an interesting similarity 
between Jehoiada and Noah. Genesis 6.22 says, Thus Noah did, according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. And Genesis 7 begins, Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household, for you alone I have seen to be righteous before me in this time. You know, it's pretty amazing when you think about it. If not for Noah's righteousness, the human race was utterly doomed. Yep. And just as importantly, if not for Jehoiada's well-doing, in other words, if not for his righteousness, the only living descendant of David through Solomon, left in those wicked days of the kingship in Judah, would have been murdered along with all his brothers, and there would have been no rightful heir to David's throne. So we see, in both cases, God used one righteous person to rescue humanity from self-destruction. But we must understand one other thing, and that is the source of their righteousness. Noah's righteousness was reckoned to him because of his faith. Hebrews 11.7 describes his righteousness in terms of his faith this way. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. And that's not what I say. That's what Scripture says.